Well, here we are in the new year, a couple of weeks down into it. Hopefully your new year is rolling in a good fashion and going smooth. Um, obviously, the things can get going. We have a little hiccups. We've seen that this morning. But we want to make sure that we don't let the little hiccups stop us. And uh, we've been blessed. There's had a, somebody in our congregation that uh, has bought 30 of these books. And uh, it's by a pastor that I, when we were traveling in 08, he was on my hit list. I was two weeks away from getting to spend some time with this guy's congregation. His name is Mark Batterson. Um, has a, a church and a theater um, in Washington, D.C. And uh, is really just making an impact on a young generation. This one of his many books. It's called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. We have 30 copies. They're yours if you want them. one for you. You don't take all 30. But you can have a copy, first 30, and then... It's done. It's over. But we have these. You can catch these if you want one, if you're going to read it on your way out. This basically helps deal with the concept of the fact that so many times some of our greatest victories in life and what God's really called and equipped us to do can be found, honestly, in some of our biggest struggles and some of our biggest hurts and some of our biggest failures. And so next week, next week, we're going to be starting a six-week series called Leap Year. And I'm really excited about this. We're in the Leap Year. It's, uh, and I'm really believing that these things are going to help us to go along and get over some things that have been blocking us in life. Some of those things we just keep running up against. <clears throat> it's different things for different people. But I'm really believing that, that the, God is going to bring the Word alive in our hearts and God is going to do what his word does, which is set us free. And so we're starting that next week. Next week is leap year week. It's leap year when we're getting it going. We also, I want you to know, if you remember back in our series in Christmas, on regifting Christmas, and the last of that, we passed out a little gift tag. And I encouraged you to be praying for somebody that we were going to be purposeful this year in having a, an opportunity for you to invite them and, and everything's going to be geared where messages that are going to be re, for sure relevant to their life. We hope every week their message is relevant to whoever walks in. But this is purposeful. Next week and beginning in that series, that's the, that's the series we've been praying for. Okay, That's that moment you've been praying for those people that are on your heart. And so we've got six weeks to do it. It doesn't have to just be next week, but it begins. And so I want to really encourage you to begin to find that opportunity, to have that conversation. <clears throat> Research reveals that 80% that of people out there would go to church if somebody would just invite them. All we have to do is pull the trigger and go ahead and, and, and invite. So as we're moving forward in this new year, as we're dealing with these different things, we have to understand that as followers of Christ... Folks, with all the hope and excitement and everything that there is with the new year, that we are new creations. And new, new, this concept of, of just newness is in our spiritual DNA. That <clears throat> I love the scene out of, of Spider-Man, the first one where he gets, he gets bit by the spider and then he gets all sick and he's in his bed and you see the, the little... Uh, DNA sequence and you see that his DNA gets remade it gets all ripped apart and then these like blue and red stuff comes in and, and reshapes his DNA and then all of a sudden now he can do all the cool stuff that Jonathan Huffman used to wish he could do and like squirt webs and swing around and, and uh, climb stuff and be Spider-Man and, uh, and so I think Jonathan Huffman even tried to get a spider to bite him once and so I'm, I'm not sure I think he did though 
And, uh, but, uh, or that was that you, Keenan? That was Keenan. Boy, he's not having any sense. No, he does. He's awesome. Um, but that DNA that we understand that, man, we, we keep getting tripped up on certain things. And it's like, ah, I'm hardwired for this mistake. But when we embrace Christ, we are new creations. And now we're hardwired to win in life. And we have to begin to embrace that new creation. And that's what we're going to look at today. Because what we're not, folks, what we're not is just this same old thing with a new coat of paint. So many times people try to put religion on. When you try to put religion on, that's what it is. It's still you and your same old uh, uh, stuff on the inside with this new coat of paint. I'm going to put on these little rules and I'm going to put on this stuff and I'm going to try to present a new face to the world. But there's still the rottenness on the inside. That's why Jesus even referred to people as that they are whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. And these were the people that were working the rules the hardest. These were the people that were trying to do the right thing as much as possible. And what they were in Jesus' mind was a freshly painted, nice and pretty whitewashed tomb full of death. That's all religion will ultimately get us is maybe pretty us a little bit up on the outside. What we want is new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone, I love the anyone's of the Bible because that means it applies to me. It applies to me. It applies to you. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You're like, okay, well, I understand this spiritually and all this, but I still feel kind of like the old creation. What's the problem? Well, there is this part that's called our soul, which we did a whole series on called Solution. And that, that's got to be changed. And we're going to be looking at that and some of these right quick. <clears throat> that being a new creation, we have to understand that there's some, some stuff that shifts. And being a cr new creation means that we have a new way of thinking. Our thinking is going to begin to shift. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for, he, <clears throat> for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. This is talking about the miser who's trying to act like he's generous. But really on the inside, he's just as greedy as ever. And those things that he's given you, he's going to make you vomit them up. He's going to bring it out of you. It's not a gift. He's going to squeeze every little bit out of you. Why? Because he's a miser. He's trying to not act miserly, but he's a miser. It's the way we think on the inside. That's why God deals with the heart. And folks, that's why you and I have to be so incredibly patient with each other. I've said it a kajillion times. I'll say it a kajillion more times. We have to love each other because what we see on the outside doesn't necessarily reflect what God is doing on the inside. So we have to love each other and forgive each other and, and put up with each other to allow God to do the real work on the inside. And then it's going to shift that outside that you and I deal with. We deal with the outside of each other. But God works and transforms the inside. So that's why we have to love each other and not be judgmental and just be with each other and for each other. <clears throat> you see, Colossians 3 says, don't lie to each other. Let's be honest. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. 
You know, that is part of why we come together and we study the scriptures and we break this open and we read through the Bible again year after year after year. It's the same book. The words didn't change. Why are we reading it again? Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But it's because as we understand more and more of who God is, it begins to shift us and we begin to be a little bit more renewed. We begin to be a little bit more changed into the image of our creator. Luke 5, <clears throat> Jesus gives this, this parable of why this isn't just slapping a new thing on an old, on an old recreated self. It says, he told them this parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it on an old one. If he does, he will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. So you run the new garment, and the old one still isn't really fixed. See, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins are ruined. No new wine gets poured into new wineskins. See, the thing is, is that's why this concept of, well, you know what? I'm really going to kind of cling to my old self and God, you know, I'm really okay on most areas. You know, I'm having some trouble over here. I'm really okay on most areas. I have a little issue over here. I want to go over here and I want you to fix me over here and I want to cut this little patch of a new thing and put it on my old garment and then I'm going to be okay because I got this hole over here and I, 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 want, I want to do that. But the rest of me, I really don't want you to jack with at all. You know, I'm really kind of okay with the rest of this. This is a pretty comfortable garment. It's my favorite shirt. And these jeans finally fit just right. And, but they, ah, it's a hole. I'll just cut a little of this out. And I'll just kind of patch it on. And see, here's my God part. We'll show that off at church. I walk in with that. See? It's my God part. I got my God part on. Now look at the rest of me. No, 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 no. He wants to, he wants to remake us and rework us. And yes, he, he talks to us and, and works us little by little, but it's, he's getting that new creation that's on the inside to work and be exposed, not taking something from on the outside and sticking it on as a patch. When we begin to understand that he wants our whole lives and he's going to work in it little by little, we can, we can do that. We can deal with that part. He remembers we're human. He remembers what we're made of. And he begins to work instead of, instead of, this little patch by patch by patch being built. It's almost like this, this ice shell and, and where it's melting away and you first see this one little part. Oh, that's being exposed. It looks like there's new mixed with the old. No, 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 no. We didn't take this new thing and put it on the ice shell. No, it's melting away. And that what's on the inside is being revealed. That's what it is. We're new. We're new creations on the inside. And then he's going to begin to work and warm different parts of us. And melt, and that's going to begin to be exposed. And that's why people on the outside, oh, you're still cold as ice over here. Well, look, but I'm, being, I'm, I'm a new creation. Let him warm me all the way up. Be patient with me. Stick with me. He, it, it is, it's there. It's there. It's there. That is what's happening. God's not reworking us and patching us on the outside. He's taking that new creation and... and bringing it alive from the inside. Matthew 5 says, You have heard that it was <coughs> said to the people long ago, 
Jesus has this bringing this new way of thinking. We take, can't take the old our old selves and bring in some new ideas and think that all of a sudden things are going to be fine. Well, we got a li- purpose to live in the fullness of the new creation. Said so you've said to people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Under the old system, I could be as angry as I want to. I could just Oh, I just want to tear you limb from limb, but I just don't do it, and I'm okay. I just don't rip your arms off. I just don't cut the brake line on your car. I just don't set that special fire. I just don't. But I want to on the inside, but I just refrained. And therefore, I'm okay because I didn't murder. And Jesus says, oh, seriously, no, no, no. This all this stuff, these little outside rules. Re- the whole point was to reflect the heart. You don't even have to worry about m- not murdering your neighbor if you just love them. You love them. You're not even going to want to kill them. Rarely, okay, no, never. And so <clears throat> that is why we have to allow God to begin to reshape us because we're going to have this one idea of what's okay, but God and Jesus are remaking us. He says, but I tell you that anyone... Sorry. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. Now, Raka, is that an English word? Are you reading the English Bible? I'm reading the English Bible. They translated... Um, you know, the word angry, it's not the, uh, you know, it's not the Greek word there. That's actually the rock is more Ara- Aramaic word. Um, why, why didn't, why didn't he translate that? Why does it say raka? Why, why did we leave it raka? This is just a little off the deal, just so you understand Jesus was real. He dealt with people in the real world. Now, no joke intended, it's a four-letter word. It's a bad word. Raka, it was a derogatory guttural term. It was, it was a profanity. And so Jesus drops the R word. <laughs> Boom! The R word. Raka, can't believe this guy's supposed to be a teacher, son of God. He said the R word. But he said the R word. And we left it to our word because if we did it justice, everybody would go, oh, a Bible. I can't believe it says that word in the Bible. Or you would go, oh, I can say that word all I want to because it says it in the Bible. <laughs> We'd go to one end of the stream or the other. We would. Um, because here, here he says that uh, if you drop the R word, you're answerable to the Sanhedrin. That's the court. You call somebody the R word and they're taking your hiney to court. It's a big, bad, ugly word. Super derogatory. They try to call it you empty head. I really think it's dumb. And so, and um, anyways, but it's, it's a bad word. He's, <clears throat> and he says, but and I say anybody that even says you fool is in danger of the fires of hell. You act like you can just call somebody a fool flippantly. And that that's okay, but you drop the R word, and we're dragging you to court. We're going to throw the book at you. He says, no, the same thing that makes you say the R word to somebody, 
That thing, that anger in your heart is the same thing that caused you to call them a fool. And they're both equally horrible. They're both horrible to him. It's because it's the heart issue. Acts 5 says, Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Uh, we have to have a new way of thinking because there is, Jesus said, there's this new message of this new life. Let's tell everybody here. There's the old message is gone. There is a new message that's here. So we have to have a new way of thinking. And then we also have to understand that being a new creation means having a new way of reading. And that God's word is always fresh. This is what I mentioned just a minute ago. Is that it is a beautiful thing to be able to go to the same passage of scripture. And you've read it all these different times. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reveals something totally new to you. You're like, I've read that verse, I've quoted that verse, I know this, and I never saw that that way before in my life. That's because the word, God's word is alive and powerful. Because it, <clears throat> it is an amazing thing. Matthew 13, 52 <clears throat> says that, and, and, and Jesus tells them that, that therefore every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. We recently had to get into a room that has, like, doesn't have a purpose. And when it doesn't have a purpose, it, just gets, it becomes a catch-all. And this room was just a catch-all. It had all sorts of just junk in, our, in this room. And it was just this room that made me angry, honestly. Just, I didn't like to look at it. It was a mess. It had clutter. It was just terrible. And so we got into it. And, so, and, and as I'm going through that room... Um, there was some stuff I hadn't seen in a while, but there wasn't any stuff that was new. I didn't go, oh, wow. I didn't know this, you know, brand new TV was here. I, wow, how'd this get in here? I didn't know that these bars of gold had been sitting here all this time. You know, there was none of that. That would have been wonderful, but it was just the same old stuff. It was the stuff I'd shoved in there before. But the Bible says that the, the word of God is different than that. That we've been instructed, we go, and the things that God gives us and we we hide and we treasure from the word of god that is still there but then we read that same old scripture that thing we've read over and over again and then there oh, there's some brand new it is fresh and it is alive and it's giving me new instruction that is why i enjoy reading the scriptures through every year that is why i enjoy studying them because it's not just the same old dusty book that this is the same old teachings of everything no, it really is. It's fresh and alive and it brings instruction to our life. And that is part of the process that God helps bring newness to our lives. See, Second Timothy 3 tells us, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. And most of that, folks, most of that is the Holy Spirit doing that to you. You want to think, sometimes you can go, ooh, good, I get to do some rebuking. Let me get my Bible and find some way that I can rebuke somebody. Oh, dear, I got a good one for you. Wives, submit to your husbands. 
Yeah. You saw how far I stood back. Um, you know, that's all. We, we can get carried away on that. But honestly, that most of that, yes, God, you can, God can use godly counsel and wisdom where you bring the scriptures alive into somebody else's life and there's this, this gentle uh, correcting rebuke that takes place in somebody's life, this loving thing that helps get them back on course. But you know, most of it is the Holy Spirit dealing with you. Most of this, the Holy Spirit teaching you, rebuking you, correcting you, training you in righteousness. And when we spend time in the Word, that is what takes place. And the whole purpose is so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that we can be ready to minister to other peoples. And then we also need to understand that being a new creation means that we have a new view of the future. And a new hope. That's what this new creation thing is about. Is when we understand that we are a new creation... We don't sit there and go, oh, man, this is a, we're in another year, but we've got this coming up, and I always do this, and I always trip, and I always do this. and uh, uh, No, no, no. We have a new view of the future. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Maybe you're going through some junk. Maybe. Already a couple of weeks into the new year. Maybe some of your junk is trying to follow you from last year. <clears throat> but you know what? The truth is, is that our present stuff that we're going through is not worth comparing with the glory that God is revealing and making alive on us. First Peter tells us, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 2 Corinthians 4 says, Therefore do not lose heart. Depression, losing heart, getting down, all of that comes whenever we look forward and we don't see it being any different than what we've had in the past. We look forward and we don't see the joy. We don't see the goodness. We don't see those different things. And all of a sudden, we've begun to lose heart. Our, our future is different. Because we're new creations, God is working and changing in our lives. Though outwardly, there may be some struggles, maybe wasting away. But inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Folks, we don't, we don't want each other judging us completely by what gets dealt with on the outside. But to give, be patient with each other. Because we're believing that God is doing something on the inside. You know what? You need to do the same thing for yourself. You need to do the same thing for you. You need to be patient. Knowing that there may be some stuff on the outside that's getting dealt with. But that as you stay the course and allow God to work that renewed thing. Then the same old trip ups and the same old hurdles and the same old pain aren't going to be there forever. That there is this new hope and this newness. Because see, Philippians 1 is so true that in all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know what? I tell you what, it is just amazing to me 
Paul did what he did. Took a brand new teaching. There wasn't all this hierarchy and all of these resources or online and people would be able to go and get stuff. He went in. He taught for a few years. He, he set in people to help the teaching and whatnot go on and, and help people to minister and to love each other. And then he moved on to the next spot that God had him to go, being confident that what, the, what God had started, he was going to finish. And you know what? The fact that we are thousands of years later, thousands of miles away, talking about Paul's teachings and what God has done, his testimony, that he wasn't blowing smoke, that his confidence in God completing the good work, God completed it, because you and I are here today talking about it right now. So you know what? That scripture is just alive and just as relevant for you. There are things God's going to do in your life. That there are going to be generations of your family later on. They're going to be <clears throat> studying the scriptures and living a life for God because God is faithful to complete the work he's doing in your life right now. Don't lose heart. Don't slow down. Don't waver. Let's move forward. Jesus came to make us new creations. So stay encouraged as you allow that new creation to be revealed. He is faithful. God is faithful to complete that work. He is faithful. This morning, as, as we are uh, bringing this to a close, I want to make sure that everybody here has the opportunity to have that, that beginning moment. Say, man, Pastor, I've been doing that thing of, of just trying to take that 